This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Now, you know what day this is, don't you? The day the Lord has made. What are we going to do with it? Rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. He didn't say be sad. He said be glad. We got a lot to be glad about. I know, you know, you look at the news, you look at everything that's going on, you know, and what the world's saying. I mean, you can get discouraged. But I'll tell you what, I'm so glad that we've got inside information. Inside the book. (laughs) Hallelujah. We know how it all works out. Because God said that He's going to cause all things to work together for our good. Hallelujah. Say, good's coming to me. Something good's coming to me. God's at work on it. You know, God's at work 24-7. Even when you're sleeping, God's working Isn't that amazing? He's working all the time. He's working out His plans for you. God's got plans for you. We know that over in Isaiah. He said, I know the plans I have for you. God's working them all out. He's working them out for you, for your family. He's working them out for His church, the body of Christ. He's working them out for Passion Church, for this nation. He's at work. It's all about focus, isn't it? You know, I I share this all the time, you know. you know, if you've ever been, I remember being in New York or some other large city around the world, you know, and, and I remember this at the time we were there, the World Trade Centers were still standing. They can tell you it's been a while. But, you know, uh, I found this out. If you get far enough away from that building, I could hide it behind my index finger. Now, from that perspective, it looked like my finger was just as big as that building. But the closer I got to the structure, see, the closer you move in fellowship with God, the closer you get to Him, the more your problems come into proper perspective. And all of a sudden you realize, you know what? (laughs) My problem's this big, and God is this big. Amen? Absolutely. All this month, we're doing a series on God Revealed. How God has revealed Himself. We talked about God being revealed in creation. And all the, the, you know, the trillions and trillions of stars. And the Bible says God's named every one of them. Wow. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? All of, all of creation reveals the glory of God, reveals the handiwork of God, and reveals the reality of God. And so we looked at last, in the last week, we looked at some of the redemptive names of God, whereby He's revealed His character and His will to us. We sung about one of them today, Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees ahead and provides. Now, you know, let me just remind you, the pandemic did not catch God by surprise. He didn't, he didn't reach over and say, you know, the Father didn't punch Jesus over there to the right and say, wow, didn't see that one coming. No, he knew exactly that it was coming. So, you know, there's no reason for us to be, uh, you know, get all in a turmoil and all upset. He is the God who's the Alpha, He's the Omega, and everything in between. 
And so he's got this. Amen. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we trust. So today we're going to continue with that series, God Revealed. And today we're going to talk about three symbolic names mentioned in the Scriptures. The Lamb, the Dove, and the Lion. The Lamb, the Dove, and the Lion. And each of these reveal uh, a certain aspect of who God is uh, to us and how God has revealed Himself to us in redemption, uh, in His grace, in His working in our life by His Spirit, and also that He is the conquering King, the Lion, that is soon to return. You know, I remember when I got saved a long time ago, <laughs> people, you know, one of, the, one of the messages that in that day, back in the, this, the, the early 70s, I came in in the Jesus movement. Anybody ever heard of the Jesus movement? Well, you're telling your age. But I came into that, you know, we, we, you know, it was all we hippies or hippie wannabes, you know, we got saved and we came in in the Jesus movement. But I remember in those days, you know, there was a lot, the message in the church, there was an emphasis on the return of Jesus. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back soon. And, you know, and somehow, you know, and I know that, that the, the body of Christ and the way the, the Holy Spirit moves and the message that God emphasizes, it's cyclical. Things move in cycles, you know, and, and that God emphasizes different messages at different times. I understand that. But, you know, you, you, didn't know, you, don't, you haven't been hearing that much about Jesus returning. But you know what? He is returning. I'm telling you, and that's our hope. Our hope is the return of Jesus. And so we're going to look at these three redemptive names today. So if you have your Bible, and they'll put it up on the screen there if you'd rather just look at it on the screen. But in Philippians 2, first I want to talk about Jesus as the Lamb, the Lamb of God. Now, we know, and you're probably familiar with the Scripture over there, Matthew 3, about verse 16, where uh, John sees Jesus coming. You know, he's down there. He's baptizing and he says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so we know. But you know, Isaiah, even before uh, John the Baptist mentioned, Isaiah in chapter 53 talks about the Lamb of God. That uh, Prophetically, speaking of the Lamb that would be sacrificed for us, that would take away the sin of the world. And we know that He was and He is the spotless Lamb of God, the Son of God that gave His life, who shed His blood, who was raised from the dead for our salvation. So we know that aspect of the, of the Lamb of God. But I want us to look in Philippians 2 because there, there's some other things that we can see uh, as well as, of course, the paramount issue, and that is that He was the spotless Son of God, the sacrifice. But here in Philippians 2, notice what it says about the Lamb here of God. He says, he says make our joy complete by being like-minded with Christ. He said, uh, being one in spirit, have one mind, same love, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest." but each of you to the interest of others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, the same mindset as the Lamb of God. He said, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God to be something used to his own advantage. You know, here's the thing. We are all 
priests and kings before God. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Amen. We are all those things. But he said, we're not to use any of those things for our own advantage, but rather from that position, what do we do? The same mindset as Jesus. What? We humble ourselves. We use all of that, what? To serve others. That's what it's for. The, the access and prayer that I have for God, it's not only so that my needs can be met, yes, but it's also so that what? Like Jesus, I can intercede and pray for my neighbors, for my family, for those around us. It is so that I can emulate Him who was the Lamb of God. He said, brother, He took on Himself the very nature of a servant. He humbled Himself and became obedient even to death on the cross. You know, I've never seen a prideful person that could serve. Very hard to serve when you're, you're, you're prideful. Service, by just by its very nature, you have to humble yourself, don't you? To serve someone else, to put someone else, their need, ahead of yours. Especially if you've got some needs. Oh, boy, that's a difficult thing to do, is it? Because, you know... When you've got a need now, it may be different with you. I understand, you know, God's still working on me, but you probably already arrived. But just, you know, love your pastor anyway. But, you know, you know, when you have a need, that thing tends to just talk to you all the time, doesn't it? You know, this is not right. This needs to be straightened out. And you're talking to God about it, and He's talking to you, and you're talking to God. You know, and in that situation, it, you know, it's, it can be difficult at times to take on the form of a servant, to put someone else's need ahead of yours, to put some prayer time for somebody else's need ahead of prayer time for your need. But this is said, this is what Jesus did. This is part of what? The Lamb of God. He gave us an example. I mean, of course, the ultimate example, He laid down His very life, didn't He? But we, most of us, will not be called to be martyred. But you know what? We're still called to lay down our lives to give up some of our time, to give up some of our resources, to give up uh, some of our faith on behalf of someone else. Amen. Amen. That's part of what it means, the Lamb of God. He is our model. And if the Spirit of the Lamb of God is living in us and upon us, then we in like manner should become servants to our brothers and sisters and even to those that are not saved. You know, Jesus said this. He said, he, said, he said, let your righteousness be greater than that of the Pharisees. He said because, he said, they invite each other over for a meal. They, you know, they greet each other. They, they look after one another. He said, even the Pharisees do that. But he said, the love of God and this, this spirit of the Lamb that is on us, it will motivate us, what, to serve and to love those who are not lovable. You ever been around anybody like that? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> and of course, we know Peter said this. He is the pure and eternal sacrifice for our sins. First Peter says this. He says this in First Peter chapter 1. Listen to this. Oh, this is a wonderful thing. Listen. I'm going to read this verse, but I want you to know this. Your sin debt is settled. Amen. 
You know what? I've got, I've got two vehicles paid off. You know what? I don't keep sending in a payment to, to Ford Motor Credit. They already got enough of my money for that thing. You know, it's paid for. It's debt-free. So I'm not, you know, I'm not laying awake at night thinking, man, I'm going to make the payment. Oh, my gosh. It's coming up tomorrow. No. Don't even give it a thought. You know why? It's debt-free. Your sins are, are debt-free. They are paid for. Stop letting the devil bring up a false debt. You don't owe that. If you belong to Jesus, you don't owe anything. On your salvation, it's paid for. Exactly. <laughs> 18, listen to this. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Wow. It is settled. It is settled. You know what that means? Peace. Boy, it's good to have peace. I love having peace, don't you? You lay your head down, you got peace. You're sitting in your home, you got peace. You're out doing, uh, you know, the things of life that you need to take care of. You can have peace. Why? Because once and for all, it's been settled because of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Say that with me again. I'm debt free. Woo. Sorry, I get excited about these things. It's an eternal sacrifice. So he is the lamb. He's revealed as a lamb. And it's a powerful truth, even though it may be a truth that you've heard many times. Let it settle down. Let it resonate in your innermost being. I'm debt free. My salvation is paid for. There is no more condemnation. There is no more accusation. There is no more guilt that the devil. Now, he'll try to, but there's none that he or anyone else can bring to condemn you. If God's justified you, and he is our judge, if he says we're free, then we're free indeed, aren't we? So the Lamb of God. Then the dove, one of the symbols of Scripture that, that God has revealed to us is as the dove. Look in Romans 8. I'm going to read that. Romans 8. How are you doing out there? Okay. Romans 8. <clears throat> Verse 9. Listen to this. He said, speaking to the Christians, speaking to the Roman believers, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. You're in the realm of the Spirit now. That's where we live. He says, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. So the dove, the Holy Spirit, is also referred to as the Spirit of Christ. Now we know that over there in Matthew 3, about verse 16, when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, you know, he came up out of the water. You're probably familiar with the Scripture. And it says that the heavens were open and God spoke and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then the Holy Spirit, the form of the dove, came on him, didn't he? The Holy Spirit. So he's revealed as the dove, the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of Christ on us. So what does that mean to us? Number one, it means the gentleness of Christ. If you have the Spirit of Christ, the gentleness of Christ is on us. 2 Corinthians 10. You know, with all 
of the stuff that's going on politically, racially, in all kinds of ways, all the stuff that's going on. I'm telling you, we need some of the gentleness of the Spirit of Christ in our nation. And it begins with us in the church. Amen? If we can't get along with one another, (laughs) how do we expect, you know, the world to get along with one another? We're the salt. Amen? We're the salt. And I believe this, that the salt, because it's the salt that comes from God, the Spirit of Christ, the salt that's in us as the body of Christ is greater than what the enemy is trying to stir up. I believe that. We just got to get the salt out of the shaker sometimes, don't we? 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1. By the humility and the gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. That word gentle there, it means forgiving. It means patience. It means long-suffering. You know why we have to be long-suffering with one another? Because we're always bumping into one another. You know, I am the most wonderful Christian in the world when I'm by myself. I mean, man, I'm sorry to brag. I don't mean to brag. (laughs) But I'm just, I mean, you know, I'm awesome by myself, you know. Wow. I never am short with anybody. I never have a bad attitude toward anybody. I never say anything to anybody that would hurt their feelings. Only problem is that's not how we live, is it? (laughs) We don't live in a cave. We don't live by ourselves. I have to live. We live around people, don't we? And just like us, people are not perfect yet. Amen? God's still working on us. So we bump into one another in relationships. And this is where the gentleness of Christ, the, that dove spirit, the gentleness of Christ comes to bear. That what? I have to forbear with you. <laughs> if you was just as wonderful as me. Isn't that, and I'm sure you feel the same way about me, you know. Hey, you know. Like I said, Lord, he said, I, I love going to the church. It's just all those people that are there with me. But listen, but you know what? You can't grow the way you need to if you're living off by yourself. If you isolate by yourself. It's when we get around one another, isn't it? When we bump into one another. You, do, you know, and you help me, help me kind of, uh, by loving me, knock off some of those edges that are on me and vice versa. And we forgive one another because we're not perfect yet. And it reminds us that, you know what? We need one another, that God's still at work in us, that His grace is still at work in us. Amen? It's the gentleness of Christ. So that's part of this dove that is revealed to us, the Spirit of Christ. It is in gentleness. Amen? Not, not, not critical. You know, and I've said this many times, but, you know, it takes no credentials to be a critic. If you, got, if you can just see, you can be a critic. Amen? Because if you're around me just long enough, about one service, I'll do it, <laughs> you, you'll see that there's, there are faults and shortcomings. If we're around one another, we're going to see that. That's easy to do. But to allow the spirit of the dove, the gentleness of Christ, to, to cause us to what? Love says, the Bible says love covers over. Doesn't expose, it covers over. It doesn't criticize, does it? You see, you, you see something that, you know, I'm coming up short in. You know what you need to do? Pray. 
Amen? Pray. We pray for one another. We love one another. That's how the transformation takes place. That's why we need one another. That's why the Bible says don't forsake uh, assembling, getting together with one another. Relationships, connection, it's so important. It's so vital. And that, that's one of the things I really believe that the enemy has, has taken advantage of this pandemic to do to the body of Christ. We, we've isolated, we've separated. And, you know, uh, you know, they used to say, I used to, read years ago that, you know, in 30 days you could create a new habit. Well, there's some people, it's been a year since they have come, you know, in person to a service. And I'm glad, just like this morning, we're, we're live. We're glad for all you out there watching us live stream. We're glad that you can watch us. But, you know, there's something about when we come together. It's something special and dynamic that takes place in our hearts. Then the, then the dove represents the comfort of Christ. The comfort of Christ. You know, anybody ever gone through a trouble? <laughs> That's a rhetorical question of all rhetorical questions, isn't it? If you've been alive long, you've gone through trouble. Jesus said, in the world, you'll have tribulation. But he said, be of what? Good cheer. Why? We have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he can encourage you like no one else can encourage you. And you know what? Paul said that once you've experienced the comfort of Jesus Christ, the comfort of the Spirit of Christ, he said, then learn from that comfort by which you've been comforted and then comfort your brothers and sisters when they're going through a trial. He teaches us. Not only does He comfort me, but He teaches me how to minister to others who are going through tests and trials. Amen? I mean, you know, when I'm going through a trial, it's not the time for you to come. Well, I'll tell you what, you must have missed it somewhere. Give me a minute to get up off the ground before you kick me. (laughs) That That might not be all that big of a revelation to me, you know. But you know what? Tests and trials come, you know, even when you're walking. You know, I found this out. When I'm in the the will of God, tests and trials come. God forbid, but if I get out of the will of God, tests and trials come then too. Amen? That's That's just the nature. We live in a fallen world. We live in that thing where things happen. And listen, you can't always explain the whys. If you start going down that rabbit hole, I'm telling you, you can get swallowed up. I'll tell you what, it's not why when the trial comes, it's who when the trial comes. Who is with me? The Spirit of Christ, the dove, is with me to comfort me. And He will help you to comfort others. Amen? And then the empowerment. The, the, the Spirit of Christ stands for the empowerment. Acts 1.8. Do you know that, that the Christian life is not just God way off in heaven, and we're down here, and we're doing muddling along and doing the best that we can? Boy, I'm telling you, if it was that way, mm, we might as well go on and be with the Lord. Jesus said, he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Hallelujah. I'm not an orphan. I'm not down here trying to figure this all out on my own. I'm not trying to live the Christian life by myself and in my own strength. Thank God, because of the dove, because of the Spirit of Christ, I have power, amen, to live this life. Acts 1.8. Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He said, you will. You know, that's one of the strongest assertions in the English language. 
to say I will or I shall. You can't assert any stronger than that. This is the most imperative you can be. I shall or I will. He said you will receive power. You know that word there, dunamis, where we get uh, root word where we get our word dynamite. So there's power when the Spirit of Christ has come upon us and is dwelling in us and is on us. And that power is first and foremost, what? Not only to live this life, but also to fulfill the will and the purpose of God. And part of that is what? That we serve one another. You try to serve in your flesh, you're going to get burnt out really, really quick. Amen? I know, I've been at this thing going on 40 years in ministry and longer than that as a Christian. And I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, you think, well, man, you know, pastor, you got it made. I mean, you work one day a week? Great. (laughs) But you can get burnt out when you serve people if you do it in the flesh. If you do it in the flesh. Because when you're in the flesh, you tend to see everybody else's flesh. You know, why in the I, I, this is about the 49th time I prayed for that for them. Come on. Yeah, come on. See, you're not the only one that thinks that way. <laughs> and you probably said the same thing about me. Is he ever going to get it right? We're praying for him. But that, see, but. The Spirit of Christ is on us, what? So that we can minister to people out of that, the Spirit, out of the power, the supernaturalness of the Holy Spirit upon us. Supernatural love, supernatural comfort, supernatural in praying, supernatural with our faith and our encouraging. Amen? That's, why, that's where we're to live. And I mean, and let me just say this, you know, this is why you need to get in your prayer closet on a regular basis and spend time with God. Amen? Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, Timothy, you need to stir something up. I'm telling you what, there's been many a time I've gotten my prayer closet. I said, Lord, I need to stir something up because something else is getting stirred up. And I don't like it because I found out if, if I let my fellowship uh, 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 with the Holy Spirit, if I let it, if I neglect it, man, the flesh, it wants to rise up. Those old attitudes. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> they want to rise up, don't they? Why? Because this thing's not redeemed yet. The Bible says that by the Spirit, we are to keep the flesh under. Amen. That's those attitudes primarily we're talking about. You know, where I want to be critical. When I want to give you a piece of my mind. Most of us can't afford to give any more away. (laughs) The empowerment. And then finally, the third one, the last one we're going to talk about, the lion. Ooh, I like that, the lion. Doesn't that sound good? The lion of the tribe of Judah. Uh, Man, I like that. That means he is the conqueror. Look in Revelations. I'm going to read a scripture there, a couple of scriptures. Revelations 5. Listen to this. He says, then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. Man, I'm telling you, you know what the lion stands for? Triumph. Jesus has triumphed. 
Listen, I don't care what it looks like politically, economically, socially. I mean, I don't even want to go there socially. Oh, my God. All this stuff. I can't. I can't. See, now just look at each other and go. I mean, just when you think it can't get wackier. Anyway, I, I won't go there because but, but he, he is the triumphant one. He has prevailed. He shall prevail. He is the line of the tribe of Judah. He has triumphed, and he is able, able to open the scroll in its seven seals. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the mighty God who has triumphed over all principalities and powers, demonic forces, sickness, sin, death, the grave, hell, every name that is named is under his feet. He's a lion. I said he's a lion. Don't ask me how he can be a lamb and a lion. I don't know. That's beyond my pay grade. But he is. I said he is. Look in Colossians 2 just a minute. Well, I have to preach a little bit. Usually I just teach. Look in Colossians 2. Notice what he says here. We're going to look there at about verse 15. Well, let's back up 13 because it's so good. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. God made you alive. Who made you alive? Yes, He did. In with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. He canceled all the charges of our legal indebtedness. Remember I said you were debt free? Which stood against us and condemned us. Well, if it's been canceled, it can no longer condemn us. Remember my little example I told you about, you know, my vehicle's paid off. I'm not worried about them coming, you know, at night. You know, the next day they're going to come and, you know, they're going to repossess my vehicle. Don't let the devil try to come and repossess your life. He's a liar. He's a thief. Don't let him steal your peace. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Now, here's the verse I want to get to. And having disarmed, disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. He's the lion. Boy, he has triumphed not only over all his enemies, but they were our enemies too. I'm no longer condemned. I am no longer guilty. I am no longer, you know, at the mercy of the devil and principalities and powers. Amen? You know, if, if somebody showed up from Ford Motor Credit and says, we're taking that vehicle, I'd just, I just reach in there and find the deed and the thing where it says paid in full. Read this. Amen. When the devil comes around, wants to tell you that you're not measuring up and you didn't do this right and you didn't do that right, just take out and say, read this. Paid in full. Paid in full. My big brother did it. <laughs> you know, we talk about having one another's back. Well, Jesus not only got your back, he's got your front, he's got your up, he's got your down, he's got every side. He's the Lion of Judah. He's Lord over all things. Let me read one more scripture here, and then we're going to pray. Revelations 19. 
I'm going to back up to verse 11. He said, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. Woo! You know why he's got many crowns? Because he's king of kings. <laughs> he's, he has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He's dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven are, were following him. Woo! Armies. He ain't coming back as a lamb. <laughs> Dressed in fine linen, white and clean, coming out of his mouth as a sharp sword with which is to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his tie, his name is written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. Woo. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is... The soon returning King of Kings. And this is how he's coming. He's coming in strength. He's coming in power. He's coming with authority. He's coming with the armies of heaven behind him. Hallelujah. I believe I'm going to be in that army. Woo! Hallelujah. Can you imagine what a day that'll be? Woo! All coming on a horse. You better get your lessons in. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Start by me. I like horses. Amen. Boy, coming back. Listen, we're talking about in this series, God revealed. Revealed as the Lamb. Your debt is paid. Your sin debt is paid. Once and for all. Can never be brought up. God will never bring it up again. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he's forgotten it. You start bringing it up to him, he's going to be like, what are you talking about? Well, you know, no, I don't know. I don't know how somebody who is omniscient can forget something. That's over my pay grade, too, Wayne. Way over my pay grade. But he, he said it, and I believe it. He is the dove. The Spirit of Christ is upon us, empowering us to be like Him to serve others in that same mind, that same humility, that same servant attitude to love one another, even the unlovely. And then as the lion, the triumphant one, who has put all our enemies under our feet. He seated us at the right hand. He's coming back with power and majesty. <laughs> Amen. That's the God that we serve right now. That's the God we belong to right now. That's the God who's at work in your life right now. That's the God who's at work in our nation right now. Never forget it. Never let it get past you. Always keep it in mind. Amen. You bow your heads just for a moment, please. Father, right now, as we contemplate, we contemplate you as the Lamb, the pure and spotless Lamb of God. You've taken away all of our sin debt. We are made right before you. You are the Lamb of God, the spotless one, the pure one. You are the dove. Your spirit 
lives within us. Your spirit is upon us in power to fulfill your purpose and your plans for our lives, for your church. Lord, you are the lion, the triumphant one. God, I thank you. We hold our heads up high as we leave this place today, knowing that you are the one who has defeated all of our enemies. They're under our feet. Thank you, Father. Lord, may, may the reality of this be enlarged in our heart and in our understanding today by the working of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. You keep your heads bowed just for a moment. If you're here today, you've never, ever put your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior, as the Lamb of God, as the one who has paid the penalty for your sins so that you may be forgiven, so that you might become a child of God so that you might receive the peace and the comfort and be free of the guilt of the shame if you've never done that the Bible says very simply that if you will believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead and will confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord God will save you your sins will be forgiven and heaven will be your home And God will come by His Spirit to live within you. And you will become a child of God. If you've never done that, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to say or do anything. But if you would just, while heads are bowed, Christians are praying. If you just put your hand up, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to conclude you in this prayer. I never like to leave without an opportunity to do that. Hallelujah. One more thing I feel prompted to to ask. If you're here this morning and you're facing a very difficult situation, it could, whatever it might be, it might be medically, physically, financially, a relationship, whatever it might be, you're facing that and you say, I really, I need, I need God to move in my life. I need a miracle in my life. If you just stand up where you are, right where you're, you're seated. You can just stand up. I just want to pray for you. That's all. Hallelujah. Listen, don't be prideful. Listen, I can't tell you the time Cindy and I have needed God to come through for us on the mission field, facing, facing a, a bad diagnosis from the doctor, facing a financial need, facing needs in our family. I, man, I can't tell you how many times I've been there so many times and so faithful was the lamb was the dove and was the lion to show up on my behalf Father you see these are standing God you know the need they're, they're making their need known to you right now Father I add my faith my prayers with them Lord I know you are more than enough You are Jehovah Jireh. You are more than enough for their situation. And Lord, I thank you that you bring into proper perspective and focus right now how much bigger you are than this problem, however large it may be that is facing them. You're bigger. You're greater. You're mightier. Your grace is more than sufficient to meet 
that need. Father, I am agreeing with them for a supernatural miracle for their life. Breakthrough, healing, whatever it may be, provision, you are more than enough. You are more than enough in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated just for a moment. Hallelujah. You know, Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.